0: Did you just and censor you yourself? Censor I did. <laughs> I censored I like myself you... <laughs> on a show
1: that is marked it's as ex- explicit. Yeah. explicit.
0: Nerd on.
2: What is everyone welcome to nerd on the podcast you didn't need but you deserve where all levels of nerd are welcome yeah, When are. everything feels like a copy of a copy of a copy you can feel like you're losing yourself Whoa everything. Today we cover the thing that we aren't supposed to talk about And how it touches on how the American really, what dream we do has been packaged and branded Anyway Today we cover the comedy, dark comedy-laden cult classic, *Fight Club*. What do you want? Robert Paulson. His name was Robert Paulson. I'm Corey.
1: <laughs> and I am Robert Paulson. <laughs> there it is. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry. <laughs> I got so excited. I was just doing the one thing we do at the opening of the show. I know. I just spent the last 10 minutes writing it. I know. I was so
1: excited. <sighs> I shushed him. Anyway, I'm sorry everybody. I just made this more of a train wreck than it needed to be. <laughs> and you deserve it. And you deserve it. You oh, deserve boy. this good content. Yeah. Anyway, I am Josh yeah. for reals. It's and a this, good show. <laughs> this episode <laughs> is brought to you in part by the members of the Nerdon Nation that is powered by Patreon. As a member of the Nerdon Nation, you do get fun perks like you get early access to these episodes, you get bonus episodes that nobody else hears, you get access to channels on our Discord server that nobody else gets access to, and you have direct access to us hosts check it out nerdon.tv backslash discord to join the discord discord and check out that patreon nerdon.tv backslash patreon oh yeah you do help us to grow you help us to upgrade our content and to keep doing this as much as we love doing this so do check it out uh also a huge shout out to our partners in crime apogee and odyssey and embody audio
2: embody audio there
1: it is uh Wow. Uh, Apogee <laughs> Apogee helped us through the pandemic by equipping us with the Hype Mic, which, mm-hmm. honestly, it's a great microphone. Check it out. Use it on PC, Mac, even iOS devices, which is crazy and wonderful. So check it out. It's awesome. And Odyssey headphones. We are using their LCD-1s. If your ears or mouths, they taste like butter. This is the True True. This is the True True. And Embody. Uh. and embody audio they make (laughs) they make uh immerse gaming hive which is a spatial audio program that creates a surround sound uh sound environment environment in any kind of over ear headphones so do check it out um and if you like what you hear today stop by Rate and review us. Share it with your friends and family. And I do want to shout out a recent review that we got. um, Because that's what we do here. And Caitlin's not here, so I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Recent review comes from RDTRND0 on Apple Podcasts. says, I listen all the time.
3: Hell yeah. Shout out, homie. Shout out. You're doing it. You're doing Lord's
1: work. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. But yeah. Drop in, rate and review. something like that will happen. <laughs> but that is housekeeping. Let us get on with Project Mayhem. Ooh, well done. My dumb idea. Yeah. While I was <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking, <laughs> <Yeah>. fucking like... <laughs> I was going to say, witty comment, we just end the episode and we just don't talk about Fight Club.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was good, but I had that Not joke during in the there. intro, Josh. <laughs> Not
1: during the intro,
2: Josh. Uh that brings it to our first segment of the show. which is guess that grump.
0: grump spin it? Yeah. Where
2: is my mind? Who is the grump? Where is my mind? That's it. That's my life. So anyway, that's uh is this your first time listening? Uh no, we're sorry about the ear bleeds. And uh, you're welcome. And you're also welcome for these things. Because you've never heard that before today. Yeah. Promise. No. I, I, I can't, I
3: can't see it. Who, what other show can guarantee you that you've ne- you listened to something that you've never heard before? Yeah. You know, you never get that.
2: No, it's beautiful. So, Tom. Yeah. Oh, I was going to keep going, but yeah, Tom, take it away. So, this part of the show is where we're going to go to be around. better to support yeah. Tom. Yeah. This part of the show where we're going to
3: go around the table and guess who's going to have the lowest score from one out of five. No matter how high the number is, the lowest one will be the grunt for the week. Now, since I always explain, Corey sometimes improvises, and Josh forces me to do this part, I will go first. And That's I true. will think that Josh will be the grunt for this episode. Okay. Because he did not suggest this episode. And I did not. When you have two other people to guess, it's either the right answer or the wrong answer. And the ultimatum of three hosts. <laughs> yep. So, Josh,
2: uh, should I put you down for Tom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, and you suggested it I did suggest and he, this I'm like and so um also
3: something kind of new to the show if you are familiar, we are writing down our questions our our, our numbers before we get to the next part because we don't want our numbers to get swayed. That's true. Corey, yeah. could you please explain
2: to us what that may be Well I wanna, I'm gonna I'm, oh. gonna I'm gonna guess first no okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with it's harder for me right now. Jo- uh, it's, Josh. It's, it's
3: like, who's your friend and who's your enemy?
2: Josh. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. Yes. That's not how that works. Either
3: you think like me or you're against me.
2: But hey, are you sitting at home going like, look, I know Corey suggested this, but he, he just it. is there to tear it down. He's there. He doesn't like David Fincher or nothing good ever, ever. So uh, if you want to take part in the polls he and have your like voice be heard, ever, ever, ever. Uh, then you can join the Nerd On Nation. And if you get it right, you could be that Gatorade, grass-fed, paper street, Robert Paulson, Marlo Singer, Gatorade, grass-fed... Patrick consumer. Consumer. Is that great or gumber? Gingham IQ. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and what that means is that you get to vote, and if you get it right, you get a shout-out on the show. Hey, that's cool. Glycerin. Glycerin. Nitroglycerin. That's a good one. <sighs> yeah. Anyways. So there it is. Uh, yeah, and the nation has spoken. Tom, you pointed yourself. Yeah, because it's you. Okay, it is you. Look, <laughs> like Tom, is uh, totally you. <laughs> yeah, it was you by like a, a long shot. Wow. Yeah, I so. did
1: think that there was going to be like, a, "Hey, Tom, uh-huh. it's Josh." Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, well, I do that. <laughs> yeah. You do do. On, I do that keep quite us on a our bit. Toes. Uh,
2: but now that that segment is done, bring us to our complete spoilers. Spoilers. Which is our first reactions and uh, nope, <laughs> initial reactions and first impressions. Yeah. Uh, Almost four years in. Uh, well, this is new for me. I'm <laughs> taking the lead here and Tom is watching it going, he's growing. <laughs> <laughs> playing Nate, with us, Peter. Nature's healing. Uh, so Tom, why don't you start us off? Uh,
3: so my initial reaction, actually, uh, I can't remember the first time I watched this movie. I honestly can't. I know I have know watched it and I, I only have the most memorable moment watching it as a DVD. Um, and I think that's where most people watch it because it's a cult classic. Yeah. Um, and I remember watching it when I was in college. And I remember always seeing the iconic poster of uh, Edward Norton in the background, bar Brad, soap. Bad Brad Pitt in the foreground, yeah, in the foreground carrying the bar soap. Um, and I'm just like, it's a fight club. It's, a it's about soap. And I was like, and there's a really oily, greasy Brad Pitt movie. Mm-hmm. And um, that was it. And I was like, oh, there's the Tim Burton wife, but not anymore. Her name is Helena Bonham Carter. Um yes. so I was like I don't know who she she is outside of crazy Tim Burton world. Um and then I was like okay, oh it's the guy who did Panic Room. Uh whatever. <laughs> and that was it. That was all I knew about this movie when I watched while watched it. And I was like, "Oh." Oh. Mm. And so without spoilers uh at this first part because yeah. it's a non-spoiler. Um I will say it like this with hindsight, they really don't make movies like this anymore. And that's Honestly, like my impression of it, it's like, wow, like there's a lot of different opinions about it on the Internet because um, I like to say the audience has become sophisticated, but a lot of critics have not. Mm. There's a lot of bad, dumb takes because I have had the uh, lovely privilege of listening to Chuck Palahniuk talk about his writing. And once you start understanding where the artist kind of comes from. Again, to me, I, I will stand on the precipice of, like, it is not the artist's responsibility to tell you what is right and wrong. It's them yes. to tell you what a story is and where your mind can go and the human experience can be and to expand your your horizons on that way. Um, but, you know, your parents or whoever took care of you should have been told you, like, don't hurt people. Yeah. You know? Um, this, Ooh. you know, what is bad mindset and mentality? What is bad faith actors? Um And uh, watching this film still, even to this day, it's just like, there's a lot of things in here that I normally don't like. And this just does it in a way because you just know you're in the hands of these storytellers. Mm -hmm. And it is such a kind of wonderful play in a way where like, again, it's kind of a time capsule of, of films at that time that were really against the grain of what is allowed to be done. And I could promise you that if any film now are being told that way, it just it wouldn't work out. If not, it would just be like shitted upon because people can't tell the difference between tropes and conventions. Yep. Um, and uh, I think this film actually is like really, really just one of the master classes of like subversion, you know. And, and it gives you a lot of the like breadcrumbs along the way. And it kind of begs you, not begs you, it demands you to rewatch it mm-hmm. after you've watched it for the first time. So... Um, and it's I, very rewarding. For yes, yeah. I I very much enjoy watching this film recently on Amazon Prime Direct Video, and uh, yeah, I, I I can't recommend um, watching it more. Actually. Cool. I think everyone who says that they're a film buff should go watch this movie.
2: Uh, Josh.
1: Yeah. Uh, I too cannot remember the first time that I saw this. I I know what that was I with saw me? it
2: the first time. Okay, mm-hmm.
1: It
0: was hey. <laughs> yes and
1: no. Um. <laughs> I
0: Yesterday, No, I but... don't
1: I don't remember the first time watching it. It's the thing about this movie is it is always in my top 10.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh when I worked at Hollywood Video, it was always on my staff picks. Um when I worked at Hollywood Video, we we had a fake employee named Robert Paulson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um we Anytime I go into a project, a big project, I call it, okay, we're in Project Mayhem. Yep. Uh, here we go. Um, this movie, it is one that I can just watch and watch and watch. Mm-hmm. So many times. It's not watching it to get prepped for this episode. It was like comparing it to something like something like Sixth Sense that has a twist at the end. Yeah, And you're like, oh, okay, now you're watching for... The the clues. Yeah. And this one, you just, you keep watching and you pick up something new. Mm-hmm. You pick up a new concept. You pick up, you just, it's not ruined. Sure. Like, yeah. you just, there's so many wonderful if moments. If anything, the dramatic irony is heightened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I love this movie. Mm. It's like, Ooh. I, I chose it's borderline. one that it was, it, it, it's not, if you know you me, much... if you know me in, in life. Yeah personally you wouldn't expect that something like this might be right which uh, is where totally the votes my came from yeah uh but you would be wrong um no i because it is such a to me a cinematic masterpiece especially for its time when it came out too
2: yeah like, I about to cry I about i was going to cry out of his pee pee that's been happening since we started the episode yeah
1: okay. he wore the yellow
2: pants yeah um,
1: and the white yeah, I'll I'll stop there because I don't want to get into spoilers. Yeah, spoiler free. So,
2: uh, for me again, it, I don't remember the exact moment, same as you guys, but it was in high school. And uh, what what? <laughs> there's a there's key lines in there that I would not want a high schooler to hear. Uh, yeah, but my so like, I watched a lot of movies that were not supposed. to. My dad was like very like, let's watch cinema, let's let's talk about it, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I watched Fight Club in high school at the request of a couple friends, uh, and I remember s- watching this and being like, "This is really funny. This is a like it's a just a super dark comedy and a satire on a lot of things." And I remember talking to them at school the next day, and they just got a different movie than I did. Like they just understood it as a super macho broy movie, and I was like but that's the thing which a lot of people actually I came to find out mm-hmm. a, lot a lot of, of people of. yeah we'll, we'll talk about that yeah. and I was like yeah. but that's that's the opposite of what this is um and it became kind of like a uh I think it might have been my first exposure to Edward Norton as an actor who became one of my favorites uh over time and when I first moved to New York I had a really terrible time there and I just kind of had this on repeat a lot uh, just in the background, while I was cooking or whatever, doing other stuff, doing other work, um, because it kind of spoke without getting again into too many spoilers. It kind of spoke to that broken promise about what you can achieve, uh, and I kind of it resonated with me in that kind of that sense and and where I was. in You my... moved
1: to New York for a certain purpose, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, yeah. Um, or maybe I told myself I did. I'm still figuring that out. But yes, I I did. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. so. With that, uh, I, I, it became a, okay. Well, now I'm going to watch it with the director commentary. Okay, now I'm going to watch it with the actor commentary. Okay, now I'm going to watch scene by scene. Now I'm going to watch the breakdowns. for this just became like a, it was like my first deep dive where I found out like trivia and stuff like that, and fell in love with it because of the behind the scenes stuff even more so than the movie. And
3: I mean, I have to say, it is a testament to cult classics, which is you know yeah. Fincher's you know foray. Yeah. Um, where. You know, cult ca- classics are just highly misunderstood a- against the broad audience. Yeah. And I think what you found and discovered was that, like, there was so much more than just the surface. Yeah. And I think that's why there's so much commentary and there's so much more discourse
2: around it, even today. Yeah. And, the, I mean, the last thing that sold me on this movie from a... Which I didn't understand until later in, in life from... it's It's really a director thing, is the attention to detail in this film is beyond... I mean, there's a lot of movies like this that don't have quite as many little things in it. So, if I can say
3: one bit of it, and this is kind of is going to date the episode a little bit. There's been a recent discourse that I absolutely want to, um, mm, how do I say it? Very nice for the air, Uh, shove a hammer straight through my skull
2: okay four. okay um, wow
3: I just said like more plain simple words but you know I don't want to I don't want to you <laughs> away from <laughs> <Tom> <laughs> here I mean that adult well people 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 somehow on the internet got to the point where they were saying like oh yeah Marvel movies are like indie movies with big budgets woof then I'm like no cool. Fincher movies are like indie movies with, with big, big budgets. budgets yes um yeah. because the thing about and I I hate to give a like a, 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 a apples and oranges kind of thing but David Fincher comes from ILM he came from like a a special effects background and, you know, Corey knows much more about Fincher than I do but the fact that those people have to look at frame by frame by frame by frame for every movie yeah, this is someone that has done that within their own film language uh, telling the story and so, when you have a movie like Fight Club and seven, all the other works he's done, like, there are things in there that you are not catching that no one's talked about that he has had to probably had arguments with himself or their screenwriter of why he has to do it that way Yep, and that's something that I guarantee you that, the these big tentpole films whether they're marvel or they're dc or they're uh, legendary films they don't do Mm -hmm. their their intentionality is not the same and there's a reason why the cult classic films exist and why the blockbuster movies exist because society is not looking at the same
2: things yeah i agree with that wholeheartedly
3: i was just thinking about
1: just like because i work in trailers and promos and oftentimes a frame or a few frames is the difference yeah that it can make on some things and when you think about it and you break it down that's less than a second some people barely notice mm-hmm. but you do but, but you do you you, do. you learn to notice <laughs> you would
2: notice if it was still there or not yeah yeah um cool yeah. that's the that's first first couple segments of our show and now we move into spoiler country nope. right
3: we move into our next two which are brief synopsis which is
2: spoiler-ish Brief synopsis and our production. I was doing so well. <laughs> you were. I was doing uh, great. Good for you, dude. Uh, you know, you gotta take, you miss 100% of the shots you don't yeah. take. You're dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun. You're never I gonna be allowed
3: back yeah. into this house. Um. So the brief synopsis will be given to you by me. Um. So I'll get started. A depressed man, played by Edward Norton, suffering from insomnia, meets a strange soap salesman named Tyler Durden, played by Brad Pitt, and soon finds himself living in his squat, squalid, squalid, squalid Squalid house after his perfect apartment is destroyed. The two bored men form an underground club with strict rules and fight other men who are fed up with their mundane lives. Mm-hmm. Their perfect partnership phrase when Marla Hela, Helena Bonham Carter, a fellow support group crasher, attracts Tyler's attention.
1: Uh,
3: nice next part. Can
1: Patrick. I can I read what how Brad Pitt and Edward Norton brief synopsize? Sure. A story about two friends who start an amateur boxing club for disadvantaged young men and the woman who comes between them.
3: <laughs> so it's a that's, romance. That's yeah. how
1: they, that's how they, uh, synopsize yep.
3: Okay. Nice. This, mine was via
1: Google. Yeah. No. So. <laughs> I just found that and I was like, oh, that's funny. That's cute. Uh, production. Production comes from me. It was distributed by 20th Century Fox, which also did Alien, Avatar, many things. Uh, director, David Fincher, Ooh. also known for the social network, Susevenin. Seven. Mm-hmm. Mank. Uh, producers. Art Linson. Into the Wild. The Untouchables. What Just Happened. Sian Chaffin. Social Network. Gone Girl. Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Ross Grayson Bell. Also known for Under Suspicion, Crackdown. Ice Pond. Writers. Jim Ewells. Uh, known for Jumper. Sweet Talk. Semper Fi. Based on Fight Club by Chuck Palahniuk. Cast. Brad Pitt. Seven. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ad Astra. Edward Norton, Rounders, American History X, mm, The Incredible Hulk. Rounders. Helena Bonham Carter, known for Alice in Wonderland, Big Fish, the Harry Potter franchise, Meatloaf, Loaf, I would do, <laughs> uh, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, Wayne's World, Monk, and Jared Leto, Dallas Buyers Club, Zack Snyder's Justice League, mm. American Psycho. Watch I, I knew that was going to be in there. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I had to. Yeah. I had to. Uh, the release date. October fifteenth, nineteen ninety nine. That was a really good year in cinema. Yes, it was. Runtime one hundred and thirty nine minutes. Budget sixty three million. With a gross of one hundred (coughs) and one
2: point two. Bless you. So surprising, I sneezed.
1: Million. Rotten Tomato score seventy nine percent of critics from one hundred and seventy eight users. Ninety six percent audience from two hundred and fifty thousand. That's quite the difference between the critics and users.
3: What did I say? I know. What did I say earlier? Yeah. <laughs> Quite <laughs> just, the difference. I'm just saying. Um, and I I would have to imagine that box office or that 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 gross number is definitely because of the DVD sales. Yeah. Um, because that's you know an, it flopped. Uh, yeah, another thing that's indicative of what quote unquote qualifies as a cult classic is if it does really well in the in the home purchases. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's that's how yeah. that works. Um, so now we can go into our complete spoilers of everything, which are going to be our favorite parts, favorite characters, our qualms, and finally our rating. Um, I'm going to go first. Okay. Favorite part. Um, I don't know. I like I like a lot of it. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> wow. uh, I'll go first. <laughs> I don't know. I like a lot of it. Um, no, I I really enjoyed just the to me Alice in Wonderland. It mm-hmm. is uh, the odyssey of a man from the mundane world who spirals and spirals and spirals and meets these colorful characters and spirals and spirals yeah. and finally comes out on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, again, I think there's a lot of, um, once you understand the artists, then you really start appreciating their work. And it's why I think I always, as a younger man, never appreciated art museums. Because oh, I don't under I don't know these okay. artists and I don't know what they're going after and I never ever bothered reading the little card next to their art right um but then listening to Chuck talk about what why he writes what he writes how he writes it and just the idea and how it spirals into something big where it's just like I wonder what would be a group of dudes fighting for and then how that kind of gets reverse engineered of like and I don't know if this is right or wrong right or not but I could see some intentionality of like well, it's probably a bunch of dudes who need help. A bunch of dudes yeah. who want something more out of their fellow person. What if we took one of those people and it's like, and they just lived a regular mundane life and then they started... And so you go backwards. So it's yeah. like, oh, cool. Now we have who uh, Edward Norton's character is. And it's like they sought support groups and then realized that that was just filling this empty void because they're using it for uh, uh, duplicitous reasons and then they
2: end up creating this bond. And I was just like, wow. And now we're here. Yeah. Well, like because <laughs> the book we're here. Chuck Palahniuk actually wrote the book because he went. I think he, he I can't remember if he went on vacation or he was out, off a few days, and he got jumped and like got the shit kicked out of him, and he had these bruises and cuts all over him, and he went to work the next day. It was a vacation, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, he came into work, and no one would address all the bruises and cuts and everything. They were just like, "How was your vacation? Was it good?" And he was like, "What the." F- so no one wants to break the social contract for some reason. Like you don't want to ask yeah. me about anything that's that Nothing, happened here. Nothing's out of. And so that's what spawned the start of that book is that there's this weird like we just don't if we if we think it's too much for us to deal with we'll ignore it. And this is about them like
3: I, I'm going to face it. I feel like that's also that plays into the lobster bisque. Of yeah. Like if you tasted like your soup tastes like piss, but you're in a fancy place with a bunch of your friends, you wouldn't be saying, like, this lobster piss tastes like piss. You would just say, Mmm, tastes so good. Wow,
2: fancy. It must yeah. be because it's fancy. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I feel like that's just a Chuck thing.
2: Yeah.
1: It was, uh, I was watching a video where Chuck was explaining, the same vein, what you were talking about of like why he does and how he does what he does. Um, when a woman explained a really tragic story. Bird? I, I apologize. Okay. I don't remember the exact video, but uh, he was, she was explaining this tragic video and or, or this tragic story. story in her life, because he was telling a story that wasn't his own story, mm-hmm. but it it was a dark, dark, uh, funny story, and she had something that actually happened to her, and she was like, you know, you telling that story helps me tell my story, and it relieves some of the stigma stigma, but it also provides humor mm-hmm. sure it allows me to see the humor in the situation it allows you to
3: live it out like instead of like always repressing it yeah and his the repression was like <clears throat> kind of the big and his um mentality to your point is like a good story is not one that mic drops where everyone's like wow a good story is one that someone says oh i had a very similar experience yeah. and then they, you continue the conversation and so he would tweak it to get darker and darker yeah and, darker
2: and, darker. <laughs> and it's just like you know it's it's the story itself has transformed from that that moment into this like feeling like he was part of this lost generation, and this is kind of what the the whole point of this uh story is about is this like you know uh gen uh x mm-hmm. or or like the lost generation is this like generation that was promised this American dream they saw their parents in the fifties and sixties do the, the you know buy a house, be successful, and stuff, but realizing that like oh we don't actually have any of those things this this american dream that we were promised was prepackaged and sold to us as an idea by the people who are already successful to keep us doing what we're doing and there's like there's a moment because edward norton and brad pitt had a lot of input on the movie they would hang with fincher and play nerf basketball and they would like the whole scene in the diner after he, his apartment blows up and they're hanging out was all improvised by the two of them uh but there's a the moment in the movie that they wanted to put in because it was like this is the reason we are writing this movie is the new VW bug. Mm -hmm. That was Edward Norton and Brad Pitt's idea because they both hated it because they thought it was the same thing of like, okay, so these people in the 60s saw this as their idea of peace and love and and youth are now all in their 60s pre-packaging their youth to us Mm -hmm. to sell an idea of what happiness is, but it's not the same thing. I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So that's why they hit it with the, the bats.
3: I mean, uh, just going to specific parts of the movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really just enjoy the uh, the decline. Um, yeah. Norton just being like, you know, I'm going to be on this flight. Everything feels when you have oh, insomnia. Yeah. Everything, nothing's really alive and around. But then like he goes home and, he, you know, before that scene, you seem categorized like oh, if I see this table and it has a yin-yang, I have to get it. Yeah. Um. And then you come back and then I really just love it. Like, you don't see the actual explosion. You don't have to see it, but then you see the detritus all over the ground and you see the, the, the table on the you ground. You see the table and the and condiments. Then, and... and then while they're explaining certain things happening, then you, like, I think he's having a conversation with Tyler and then you see it like this happened and then you see like the the
2: the gas going off and then the... So it was, it's actually as he's calling Marla mm-hmm. and as soon as she says hello, mm the explosion happens. Mm. And Fincher was talking about, he's like, I just wanted her voice to be the catalyst for mm. everything in this. Yeah. Um, and then he calls Tyler. Oh, yeah. And then he gets a call back and if you look closely on the pay phone, it says incoming calls not allowed. Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't happen. It's yeah. there's, there's not supposed to work that calls can come into that phone. Yeah. Josh?
1: Uh, there is a lot. There's, um, a, there's a ton to unpack. There's uh, I one. think one of my favorite ones, it's more so force the way and they hold up I say uh the shopkeeper in this like grocery store oh yeah and they have a gun to his head to force him to go back Veterinary to school, school. Mm-hmm. yeah um i just cool. have always loved that i in this idea of like you are on this path that you feel forced into and you're not following your dreams mm-hmm. And just like being in that moment, being forced to, because yeah. you're scared. Because if you don't, you will die.
2: It's a and it's a terrifying scene at the same time. Yeah. you know. And then he has that whole waxing, like tomorrow his breakfast will taste better than ever before, and you're like, mm. oh shit.
1: Yeah. Um. And the the other scene. Oh man. So when Lou comes in, when he finds the Fight Club, I'm, I'm just- fucking Lou. Oh, I,
3: fucking uh, Carl Safario. Is that who that is? Uh, is the guy with the gun. His 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 body bodyguard, bodyguard. Mm. Carl Fiallo is also on Carcerum, who also played the Thing in the nineteen ninety one Fantastic Oh right right right. Oh funny. Um,
1: I just I love. I'm just not getting it. And his laugh. I just love Brad Pitt's crazy in that, laugh
2: in that scene. They're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: it's very this, it's very Heath Ledger Jokery. Yeah, yeah, and the like song like just everybody coming around him at the end. The just, part
2: that got me in that scene is when he's like, okay, I got it, I got it. Nah, Shit, I'm, I lost yeah. it. <laughs>
3: Um, just the, the balls on this guy,
1: yeah. I, just, I just love it, but yeah. also
3: just seeing Lou, giant fisted man, just, just pummeling kinda, this dude, and he's he's kind of achieving
1: the the goals of you know that release as well. Yeah, you know, Lou is like he just got pulled into Fight Club without knowing, yeah, 100%. It. Like, 100%, you're now yeah. a member, my friend. <laughs> uh,
2: uh Corey, yeah, I mean, uh. To start with an easy, like a little one is just the losing the fight sequence, losing a fight, go lose a fight right after that he goes, I want you to go yeah. lose a fight. and you have like Holt McCallany, you know spraying the priest down by the car mm-hmm. wash and stuff like that, or a uh, or a uh, Bob chasing people on bikes as they go by, and then you finally get to the the <laughs> thing that always makes me laugh you see you're gonna lose a fight. And then Edward Norton shows up at his boss's office, and you're like, "Oh shit!"
1: Oh, the boss block-ma- blockmail. <laughs> he's gonna, blackmail. He's gonna scene. lose
2: a fight, and then yeah, there's a little breadcrumb in that scene, obviously too. But uh, that whole sequence and and the the cell fight, and then walking out whistling, the blood all over, just whistling with computers yeah. and like. I mean, I will say
3: that that scene or that whole montage kind of goes and gets married with this narration that happens, and uh, you know me and my um, Robert McKee. Uh, you do narration you're a piece of shit Mm -hmm. um but in this film i really enjoy it because um there's that line that's happening during that moment where with the priest and all that stuff it's like you realize that people will do mostly almost anything to avoid a fight yeah and i really enjoy films that try to have these um kind of surgical observations of human existence or human nature um but knowing what this film is and there is this, I think, to me, this it's a it's a it's a it's a trap. It's a trap that to me, pseudo intellectuals will fall into of being like, this is cult propaganda. This is alt right incel pulp, uh, cult oh, propaganda yeah. shit. Where it's just like, yeah. And is it glorifying it or are you glorifying it? Yep. And so that's the part where it's like it's showing you it, but also you don't see a bunch of people saying like, I love the ultraviolence from Clockwork Orange. Right, right, right. right? They're showing like, oh god, yeah. What are we doing? This is terrible. Um, so it, it, they have those moments because it's Tyler Durden and as well as Edward Norton learning these things of what Tyler Durden is influencing him of like how these machismo men, again, who probably need more support group help yeah. than they're actually leading on um and how they operate and how they think and why they think they're quote unquote taking control of their community, their world or society. um And it's so it's like you get this double messaging of like, this is what a cult leader would say. They would say very logical, smart things, but you know that there's a hint of nihilism in mm-hmm. there, and yeah. that there is no humanity in those statements. Of course, we want to be logical, and you know, numbers of ones and zeros. But humans are not logical by any means.
2: I was listening to the. You, this is a good point you touched on nihilism and stuff like that because I was listening to the direct. There's a commentary with Fincher, uh, Brad Pitt, Edward Norton, and Helena, and they were talking about how part of this, their version of this movie. Was kind of like we we wanted to tongue in cheek the nihilism and kind of show that like it it's kind of cool and edgy to be nihilistic, but it really in the end it's it, there are aspects of it you can take, but to fully give in to this like kind of stoicism in a way, it's just kind of like oh man, like it's you, kind of bullshit. When you grow, ba- when you grow up a little more, you'll understand what you're what you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's why
3: I always said like the whole there's like a weird prism of uh, method actors. Mm-hmm. And uh in particular with Jared Leto and playing the Joker, everyone's like, he was method. I was like, he wasn't. He was in the role, he was in the character, but he wasn't shooting everyone, was he? Right. That's not that's not truly your method then. Yeah. Right. So there's like you can say the smart, lucid, cool thing, but if you battery test it and apply it to the world, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. There's always an exception. And whenever there's an exception, the rule doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like
2: that's all you need. Yeah. yeah. Um, another favorite scene of mine is the car scene uh, where they're arguing and they're in the rain let go that whole scene is I think it's just really well done for a couple reasons one you have really brilliant dialogue between Tyler and and Jack or the narrator whatever you want to call him but the interjections of the two guys in the back seat talking to him and like this is where you start getting little heavy handed hints where the guy you know gets out of the car and he goes for you Mr. Durden and he's like after you and even though he's looking at Edward but uh The little bits of them being like, we do not talk about Project Man. Shut up! And just thinking from their point of view of him in the front kind of yelling at himself and just letting go of the wheel. Everyone buckles up. And the car flips. And the little thing that seals the deal on the scene for me is that Tyler pulls Edward Norton Mm -hmm. out of the driver's side of the car, Mm -hmm. not the passenger side of the car where he was sitting. I just love those little breadcrumbs, man. I'm like a sucker for that shit.
1: I I like that scene because I've had those... Not... Specifically that topic, but I've had that kind of conversation with myself when mm-hmm. you know, like, what's going on in the movie. But it's just like talking to myself because sometimes I get so anxiety ridden that I like have to have a let go, like a third, like a, a <laughs> another part of me that's like Josh, yeah, let go, yeah. like just like chill, dude, yeah, chill the out. Um, did you just censor, he did censor yourself? Himself. I did. <laughs> I censored I like, myself I, <laughs> on a show that is marked is ex- as yeah. Explicit.
2: Yeah. explicit. Yeah. Well, let go, <laughs> Josh. Oh, Josh. Let it go. That's um, funny.
3: I will say, I do really enjoy that there was, you know, a small, stupid rivalry between Jared Leto and the narrator. The um, jealousy. The jealousy of uh, getting Tyler's affection and just being to a bloody pulp. Um, I will also say this, again, dude brain, it's not something that, uh, again, I'm being pride, prideful of. Like, Helena Bonham Carter was kind of a babe. Oh and yeah, she, she's 100%. like so so
2: like like ooh, you're like the kind of bad that I love. Mm-hmm. The, like you're a bad like, influence. On this me. is what you're talking about. Watching it second time around, like think of the whole thing from her point of view. Yeah,
3: no. When the next morning, she, I think you should go. You like, should go. And well, she's like, she says, "Fuck you." And I'm like, "Wow."
1: For this, like going back to what I was saying uh, in my initial reaction of like, so you can watch this movie from a standpoint of just experiencing it. First time, mm-hmm. then you can watch it so you can find the the clues of the, the the twist. Then you can watch it so you can notice like, oh shit, her point of view. Yeah. Then you can watch it to get everybody else's point of view. Yeah. And it's like that's what I I love about this movie. So you can find all the like little. I mean,
3: ah, yeah, a big deal that I really saw. And Corey could probably talk more about this. Was like I remember watching the film, so I knew the whole twist and all that stuff. But rewatching it again, I was so much more. Dramatically aware of the subliminal Tyler Durden's. Oh,
2: there's like three, I think. Yeah, and
3: uh, they're all at like. I don't know if you remember like the particular moments or why I they're do. there, but like one, when w- why when when one's Marlis walking away, and yeah. It's like, there's a clip of him. So then
2: the other one's the the doctor, mm-hmm. like uh, spliced into there, and then the other one is when he's a copy of a copy, pink of a copy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no reason for where they're at necessarily, as much as. Uh, Fincher just liked introducing the character before you ever really meet him in the way that they look familiar. Tyler would do it. Well, if it.
1: you think of it from a psychological standpoint, it's like it's not like he just went crazy overnight. Yeah, mm-hmm. it like it it happened over time, and the the aspect of Tyler Durden in his subconscious and his brain was already starting to cook. Yep, it's already starting to get in there. There's parts of his the the thing about this movie that always makes me think is it's like there is a part of there's a Tyler Durden in all of us. Mm-hmm. Like in in my brain, like <laughs> Tyler Durden is like, I, as you can tell already, I censor myself a lot. I what the f? I hold back a lot, yeah. and sometimes like being in conversations with these guys, they they'll tell you that I'm pretty. When I speak, and I'm gonna say something that could potentially be um, not mean, but just like to the point, to like, your perspective, I will <laughs> blunt. Yeah, blunt. I have a lot of reservations. Sure. Whereas Tyler Durden, for me, like, is like this example of just like, you know, say the fucking thing, man. Yeah. Just, just say it. Um, I think doesn't he at one point say just say it? Yeah. Just say the thing. Um yeah. I, I love the just going back to uh, favorite parts. Uh, I love the bath, t- bathtub scene where they're kind of like talking about oh he's their washing dads. himself, he's cutting his nails, uh, who, who, uh, do do who do you want to fight? Yeah, yeah. I love those conversations yeah. of just like the. Just really easy, just like, okay, who's this or this? Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. yeah. Um, Scrap Ga- you guys fight till the end. Gandhi.
2: Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, but the bathtub scene is really great. Yeah, talking about their dads and how they were like, you're getting a, little a, hints there. A generation raised by mothers. Is that what he is? That, I think that's mm-hmm. the line or something like that. And it talks about his dad franchising. He's like, start new families every few years, just go off. Because uh, that's a nice little moment. Apparently, I think that was reshot. I think they had a different, they were in a different spot and they were like, they should just be in the bathroom.
3: Hanging out. Well, I mean, I really that bringing to that point. I loved the house. Yeah, like not. I I would hate that house, but I just really enjoyed like them the like ex- exploring it. Like when it rains, off the electricity. Like the the gr- establishing the, the world. It's like I don't know who this house is. There's no lock to the front door. Like who paper f- street. All this stuff. It's just like I loved all that stuff and like seeing it. I was like, it's such rich like art direction mm-hmm. in that way and where it's like, yeah, it's a crickety house and it's a former shell of what it used to be and of course this place like and, leaks and, everywhere yeah and, and i don't know it's it's interesting cuz it also kind of touched upon this level of like you do what you can to survive but really people people are not re- like represented by what they have and it's like you're not your job you're not the car you have you're not like the clothes you have yeah and it's all that stuff and I was like th- there's so much of the visual storytelling being re- that's reinforcing the dialogue that's happening so you as an audience member are starting to kind of get seduced by tyler durden mm-hmm. and uh i think that was just like you know again you're kind of lulled into that which i think is why again a lot of people bloggers and critics are so profoundly misled by this film yeah and they're just they just think that this film is one thing when well, it's they,
2: not they also think it's being serious when it's a comedy it's, it's a when very when you look dark at comedy. when you look
3: at the genre it doesn't say uh non-fiction biopic it says dark
2: comedy yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um and uh, there's little like little thing like okay so paper street. Do you know what paper a paper street is? Uh, fordra. In zoning, in zoning, <laughs> when they're mapping out cities, if they have a street that isn't built yet or isn't named, they'll call it a paper street as a placeholder. So it's yeah. kind of another hint that it's it just like, exists on paper. It's not there. Yeah. Uh, but another another thing I loved is the ending. Um, in the book, uh, he dies and he meets God in the end of the book. Um, Chuck Palahniuk has gone on record saying that this movie did a better version of his of his book. Um, well, getting to sh- save Jack after learning his lesson, and it, as in, instead of taking them both down, having Marla have a happy ending, because um, in the book the reason he wants to blow up the credit card companies is to reset debt because she can't afford. Mm. Oh, treatment. treatments. Mm. Yeah. So, I did miss, I do miss that in there a little bit, but like the way it ends, I think, is a lot better. Well, that whole scene th- is just it, it's, the way me, it plays out. And, and again, you could look
3: at Hindsight 2020 now, right? Like it's like the change of Thanos, of mm-hmm. like, I wanted to use the gauntlet to make the universe better by being evil, versus like the original is like, I like Lady Death and she yeah. won't give me none. Yeah. And so it changes the emotional journey to it's pretty a. accurate. Yeah. I was just going to say, thinking back, I was like, yeah (laughs) to to a again a calloused almost nihilistic way of like this is how i solve everyone's problems by doing this martyr-esque thing Mm -hmm. so again like it creates that duality where audience members should kind of get Rorschached. but again it's not the artist's intention to be like or, or responsibility to be like hey this is actually the bad thing but it lets people actually have the conversation which i think dave fincher serves the writing in that way where it's like yeah and you know, again, uh, Jim Ulz, who wrote the who wrote the film, was like, "They're they're honoring the screenplay and it's
2: adapting it." Mm-hmm. If you want to see where it's come from, read the book. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, a the, the callback in that scene too, where he's like, "Still can't think of anything." Oh, callback! Very funny. Um,
3: <laughs> I, I I do I do. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to enjoy. The the you know the balls are cold. Oh up my around, god! Around it's so it. good. Um, I I love the uh, meatloaf
2: being like. First rule is not supposed to talk <laughs> yeah. about it.
3: Uh, I do love the, yeah, the initiation the guys standing out there and then Meatloaf getting sent away and mm-hmm. then the narrator bring him back in because like, oh, it's an emotional thing. But when he dies, it's super sad. Yeah. Like I enjoy like seeing Jerry Little's broken face being like,
2: Sir. Yeah. And like oh, and like the, like not getting a little bit of the satire here is not understanding like his he had a name. It was Robert Paulson. He goes, In life, we yeah, all- <laughs> in death you <laughs> he, have a name. Yeah, and his name is Robert, Robert Paulson. Paulson. You're like, no, Jesus Christ. And it's like, stop. "Stop." But like, yeah, that's
3: a a cool thing of like the uncontrolled, you know, cult mentality. Um, But also, you know, I enjoy like the montage of him having to track down Tyler and then Mm -hmm. the inner monologue of like, oh, I just know he's like, I just missed him. I yeah. just missed him. And then the guy with the neck brace, being like, "Is this a trick? Is this a tester?" He's like, "No, it's not. It's not a test." Yeah. And he's just trying. The to get bartender The
2: bartender winking at him and stuff. Like, yeah. No, and sir. then
3: like he goes into the waiters, and they're like, his name was Robert, Robert Paulson. It's like, like, what oh, my the God.
2: fuck is happening? Um.
3: But then like again, all the small secret society shit. Where he like goes to talk to Marlon. The diner's like cops. Uh, yeah. And then he's like, clam chowder. I recommend not having the clam chowder. And it's like yeah. no clam chowder.
2: Or does he say clean food? Do you have any f- something hot? Yeah. Clean food, please. Yeah. When and I would may, I recommend the mist does not get the chin clam shatter and
3: everything's all all free Yeah. when
1: she says you have this many seconds his speech to her is that many seconds oh, the, d- the bell rings at yeah. that, um, that moment two scenes that are just horrible but amazing <laughs> so the lipo scene when they're yeah. getting the, the, um, the fat, where the they fat, get fat over fat the fence and it and spills. spills it just it, you viscerally feel it Um and the the chemical burn chemical burn was like, a really it good just, scene it, for me, I mean, it's it it shows the power of your mind of just like,
2: and how Tyler didn't have a scar. And yeah,
1: it's
3: just ah. it's. But I also just when you start analyzing and start to me, I tried I try to engage with these dumb pseudo intellectual takes, and I'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, is this really cult recruitment stuff? I'm like, yes. You see that happening in the film, and how dangerous that is. Like, yeah. these are the tools of how to do it, but also. There's tools of like, this is the movie about Jeffrey Dahmer. And yeah, like, right. We're not showing you to be accountable, but this is how it happened. Right, right. So like, but you know that whole chemical burn thing. I was like, yeah, this is like the the heart check, the 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 full on recruitment of a person becoming going into, you know, a cult. Um, what's well, well,
1: the the reprogramming mm-hmm.
3: in that and it's for
2: because it's a hard reset right there. Yeah,
1: <laughs> because you 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 have a stressful environment not just mentally, but physically he is being forced to accept the message.
3: Yeah, and I think there's or that. Or he
1: will, because his salvation is being held if he doesn't get this idea. Mm-hmm.
3: I think there's like that, also that fine line that the film tries to start talking about of like everything Tyler says is technically would push you in a positive direction. But if you're just misled into a mm-hmm. wrong belief system, it'll take you down just a wrong one. And I think there's a lot of Good or or bad mindsets that are very similar sounding to good ones. Yeah. Um. I guess I think I have to make a shout out to the I haven't been fucked this well since I was yeah. in since the, grade school. Grade school. Which the they line changed. was changed because yeah. the original one was supposed to be. I want to
2: have your abortion.
3: Oh, I'm going to have your abortion. But yeah, I knew I heard that one, and then they changed it because they made it worse. Well, they made it to the, a worse one. Line. Of
2: the, one of the execs was like, "You have to change that line." And Fincher said, "I'll only change it if you promise that whatever line I replace it with, I can keep." and so he replaced it with I haven't been fucked like that since grade school and she's like well you need to change that and he's like nope
3: can we change it to. back I believe was the quote yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was like and that, that was the thing how Fincher ended up learning how to game the studio system was like just make just make things so depraved that like they'll want you to pull back like that's where I actually wanted to be
2: yeah just go Sorry. a little go a little further yeah uh, I feel like we can yeah I was about to say I think we can go I, I can on go the on length of the forever yeah. Uh, and then oh, one last little thing, the re- the realization scene. Uh, oh. just well, he... the little the little camera movements. Oh. Just the little when he sits up straight the can you know the very picturesque like he does 30 40 takes to make sure it's right. I've
1: always because this was kind of ahead of its time I feel like was when he was explaining his circumstance and who he was as a person the IKEA uh, mm-hmm. like
2: pop-ups. Mm-hmm. That was practical. But-
1: I I know, but it's like it's one of those things that we didn't really see that like in cinema
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, I
1: think. And now we see it a lot more often, where the text or them. the the information. Oh, 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 yeah.
3: Uh, is like appearing on Sherlock the screen, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Um, Whereas, yeah, they like, shot that over and over again, I, adding I, one I bit think at a the the time. Big one that happened before that was probably Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that was the one that kind of let people yeah. say, like, "Oh, you can do this with the square and the triangle." Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess cool. we can go to favorite yeah. characters. Favorite characters,
2: which is tough. We can yeah. do
3: two. Okay, one is,
2: yeah, Tyler one. Durden is
3: is both characters. Okay, we'll say it like that. All right, so that will count as one if you
2: use them, and then one side, and then one side. Very good, very good, uh, <laughs> very good. I understand. Thank you, doctor. Um, I would have to say. I, mean, I gotta say, Tyler and Marla. I mean, Marla for so me. So Tyler, Brad, Tyler. Uh, I really like Edward Norton in this. Okay. Actually, uh, as much as Tyler Durden is a fun character and stuff, I, I, there's something about the way Edward Norton does this, and the narration is just to me is very impressive. Uh, and then and then Marla Singer is just a wonderful character. There was a time she based in my a life. bit of her off, uh, Fincher. Yeah. <laughs>
1: There was a time in my life where Edward Norton was my favorite actor because of this movie. Mm. It was like a... You voted uh, wrong. <laughs> I was... Okay. Yeah. I'll go next. Yeah. Uh, Tyler. Tyler. I just... Brad. Tyler Brad, Tyler mm-hmm. Norton. Tyler Brad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, lo- I love Edward Norton, but there's... It's fine, there's, whatever. There's something... It's fine. I'm not hurting. It's fine. Uh, I just... <laughs> I think that Brad Pitt is just this podcast's favorite actor. No, yeah, <laughs> no. I accidentally uh, learned he's my favorite actor. Yeah, no, no, um, no. I, I real i I realize that I just love his performances and yeah. pretty much anything he does. But in this this movie, there's just such a range of emotion that I just I really love.
2: Um, and Robert Paulson, Bob, Meatloaf, mm, Bob, love it. I just bitch tits. Yeah, Bob. Bob Giant, They Giant. made two fat suits, one with nipples and one without. Nice. Just in case the studio was like, no.
1: No, no nipples. <laughs> no <laughs> nipples. Uh, to me,
3: um, probably. You know, probably uh actually Brad Durden and then Marla. Okay. So Okay.
2: There I, you have I, it. I think that's it for me. Uh, now onward to uh Quamms. Qualms. 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 Go ahead, Corey. Oh.
1: Now for the shortest nope. segment on the show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, that's my, that's mine no I don't really have any for this one my
1: my qualm's a weird one go for it I've never been able to no matter how many times I've watched this and maybe I need to watch it with my buddy Corey uh, I've never Who's been course? able to fully accept the twist in terms of cinematically and visually of how the, ah. it's supported
2: yeah we should watch it together
1: uh, because I've watched it a lot and Including like times where I'm going looking for the clues, you know what I mean? Yeah, and there are some things that I'm like, I don't buy it, I don't okay, I don't buy it completely. But again, this is one of my favorite movies right. of all. Yeah, we're having a discussion, so are I'm just we, saying, or are
2: we accusing
3: you're on the court, <laughs> you're, you're on the block, and we leave it to the court of public opinion. Um, uh, uh, so. yeah, no,
2: but I dig it. Do you have a second one? Nope, okay, Not all. All.
3: if I can have a qualm you, um, to you may
2: one. yeah if
3: like i have a qualm uh and the thing is this is this is kind of the question right is how important is representation right and yep. we look back in this film and to me my thing is this film isn't about that and i think this film would be a little weird if it was now i want to Bring it up and compare it to Joker. Mm-hmm. And I think we made this uh our we we talked about this on the episode, where it's really fucking weird that everyone that the Joker is spurned by is a black person. Mm-hmm. And it's really fucking weird. Um, I it, it's hard to be like, that's not that's just a coincidence, but it's like when you see it done, it's like, how did you guys not see that happen? Yeah. And so if it, did, if it doesn't happen in here where we don't get any people of color and also any other women at all, um, then what what is the film trying to say? And so I think the film is more focused on talking about the masculinity and about this machismo and this false sense of what masculinity is mm-hmm. and this false sense of brotherhood and fraternity and, and how it leads into this cult mentality. And it would be a very different movie if you saw a bunch of women getting pummeled by grown men too sure yeah um and i think it would have even more quote-unquote problematic conversations where people are like well yeah there should have been women there like so you would have wanted to see holt mccallany just fucking throw a hand <laughs> like a 120 pound wet woman yeah like that's how much like it's it's not that that, that, that it may i mean it may not make sense right um but also do you want to also show people these are supposed to be and i feel bad but it's like these are kind of like loserish dudes yeah and I don't know if we want... Forgotten
2: generation. Yeah,
3: we don't know if we want to do that with people of color specifically because they're not even a, a an acknowledged generation. Yeah. Right? So that's just a conversation. I think there's like...
2: only like one or two black guys in the movie. There's one who fights Edward. It's a guy who like Beats pushes his head like three or four times in the pavement. He's like, look, it's art afterwards. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that's it. Um,
3: And I think also isn't one of Wait. the waiting staff maybe? I don't remember, but um, Off the top of my head that, and then um, yeah. So I guess it's a it's a it's a two hander because it's like technically Bechtel test doesn't happen, mm-hmm. right? So right. there's no women that talk to each other, blah, blah blah. And it's like to me, do I really look at that as a lens of criticism or how to view the film? Technically, I do look at that stuff because I am a sure. storyteller, and I I start being like, are all women conversations purely driven by the the desires of men? Should it be that way? Um, But also. Would I want that to happen in this film? I don't know, and would it detract from the story? Um, does that story need to have it, and it doesn't? So, like, there's those are those things you could look at, and those are the only qualms that I could think I could probably throw at this film.
2: Right. That being said, nothing else. Ratings. Ratings. is me versus you. Let me guess. Let me write that six on the, s- the six. <laughs> uh, no, this is this is, uh, if not still was for a very long time. My favorite movie, uh, for a lot of reasons. Compared to, Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, I mean okay. Lawrence of Arabia, I credit as being like your cherry popper. Yeah. Okay. Of sure. uh, into like, oh, this is movie. cinema and storytelling, and this ah, was like movies. film. One of those things. This is what taught me the most about like making a movie, um, when I was younger, and like what goes into constructing a story and what goes into. Uh, every shot and character building and stuff like that so with everything involved this was for a very long time I'd have to reanalyze my my movie history but for a very long time for all intents and purposes this is my one of my favorite movies of all time so five for sure Josh I'll give you that five as well uh, it's actually between you and and him no I thought I have three votes nope you both have two you have the nerd on nation on your side though oh yeah so I got last
1: you've already spoken for me so <laughs> five um yeah, no, I, I mean, my my qualm is like a, I cannot hold it against the film that I there is something that I do not understand yet. You know what I mean? No, he um, said yet. Um, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got to watch the movie with my buddy Corey. That's what, that's what I mean. Yeah, me we're Jory. We're... <laughs> You're not Josh. <laughs> I am Robert Paulson. Um, yeah, so I mean, this movie, Good like movie I said a long sense. time ago, What is a five? I wouldn't change anything about this film. Not a single thing about this film would I change. I enjoy it every single time I watch it. It's usually a movie like, I don't have cable anymore, but if I saw it come on, I'd be like, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this. Uh, It's a movie that when I had a DVD collection, I bought the Ultimate Edition or whatever. I bought an edition of it. um, I probably own it digitally.
2: Mm. 10th Anniversary Edition probably is what you bought.
1: Yeah. So... This is a five.
3: There we go. It's five. Tom. So when I think of uh like the four to five echelon films, I kind of think of like fine dining, right? It's kind of like something yeah. you have to engage with and take your time with. Mm-hmm. When I think of Fight Club, I think <sighs> of like oh the greatest street taco I've ever had in my life. Where it's I like, get that. You know what I mean? I get it's that. It's like yeah. it's so it's 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 not pretty. No. Nothing's pretty about this movie, but it's so refined and it's so cra- oh, oh. crafted. Oh, where there's that like carne asada, is so good. You know what I mean? Like the the steak isn't sous vide. No. It was, it was not done through sous-vide, but you got the perfect caramelization that you have a black crust anyway. Little bit of crust, yeah. And that's what this Someone is to, to me. Tacos. Yeah. And that's what makes it a five. Oh shit. Because it's 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 a different five than like a Nolan five. And those right. two are like yeah. my favorite white guy directors,
2: right? Yeah. Now. That makes sense. That means we got to give all the shout-outs again. Yeah, we're, we're,
3: this, is a, this is becoming shout-outs. a trend. Yeah, it's a we got to start. Today. We got to start. putting episodes that we hate. Yeah, <laughs> some movies. Would be, uh, no, so, we uh, don't.
2: <laughs> Bradley P, Dave P, uh, Kristen F, Mitchell G, Charlotte G, Matt R, and General G. A lot of G's today. G G's. Uh, They're the what? Y'all got it. You're the grass fed Gatorade. Uh, wait, what did we say? Glycerin. Glycerin. Give me some guys. Galson. Have fun with that, Julie. Garbert Galson. Garbert Galson. <laughs> Garbert Galson. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not gospel. Gobstoppers. Uh, not, not gosh. That's it. That's the one. Well, yeah. it, it only took us like three and a half we years to do it. We did Fight
3: Club. Yeah, we got, we got to do La La Land and, and, and Grease and, and Rubber. To not Hot mm, Rod. <laughs>
2: and not have all um, these
1: five episodes. <laughs> no, uh, this literally has been on and off the schedule for the past three and a half years. It has. It's it's just something that would be much more um,
3: marketing Everyone's friendly probably, or, or, or something like, like that. Fight Club? Fight Club? <laughs> would you say, so now, we've kind of done our darlings a little bit. Yeah. Would you say this was like, so to you, was this like Josh's Big Lebowski?
2: And so, because I don't think this is my Kiki's Delivery Service. Well, I think that would have been, it's either this or Lord of the Rings, yeah. When we that. which we did both of so. so, but yeah, I would say this is my. Well, Corey gets to do every. I think no. this is my Lebowski. Yeah, for sure. I feel like yeah, because to me, like you don't
1: ever have to do another episode that you recommend ever again.
2: No, just Hot Rod. I think <laughs> I, I still have that's out of spite. I still have
3: a lot of movies I want to do, but I think that's prestige. that'd be my Prestige. Prestige. Be my prestige. That's next. Your which was your Lebowski.
2: Stick around for the Prestige in twenty right twenty three. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That, that sounds <laughs> like it's a far time from now, Dude, but it's not. It, is
2: off topic for a second. I saw this video where it was talking about like the class of 2024 and 25, like duking it out. And I was like, man, the future is going to be. Cr- oh, shit. <laughs> that is, they're in school now. The class of 2025 <laughs> yeah. is in school right yeah. now.
3: Yeah. They're. Yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, dude. We can do the, the prestige right now. Watch out for this double feature. Welcome, nerd-
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is everyone? <laughs> actually, holy shit!
3: <laughs> someday I want
1: to do a topic like that, a like Grindhouse, or like a, just a topic where we just go, okay, no prep. Oh, like there you go. But it can't be an episode. Your we- movie is where we okay. We can't be evil to ourselves. No, we can't just be I- like okay, do this movie that you've. It has to be like, hey, we've mentioned this movie a lot, RoboCop. Okay.
3: That's actually pretty good. I think.
2: Yeah, <laughs> really good. that is really good. like
1: uh, okay. You're talking about this right now. Go. Uh, oh like
3: shit! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, the nice nineties
1: movie. Okay, let's go. It's like so, like, uh, could, like Robbie wrist when he <laughs> is
2: talking. No, but ahead. like,
1: there are topics that we probably all four could think... be like. Okay, I want you to talk about this. Not like
3: high highfalutin is it, idea. But the thing is, things. is it yeah. is it you or is it all of us talking?
1: It's all of us talking. I was gonna like, say it, I, we're doing an episode off the book. I feel like that could be done off the script our, on on Patreon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That could be it. Paywall, baby. Support us. We do kind of actually do that. Uh, th- actually, my next part of the show. Join that Discord. Uh, uh, join that Discord, but also join that Nerd On Nation. We do have off-the-cuff episodes where we go, here is the prompt. Talk about it. And those. Talk about it. Some of those have been over an hour long just because we got going and we're talking about food.
3: Yeah. Sometimes we go, we'll, we'll jump topics. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about multiple things in an episode, and that's kind of the cool thing that you get really for you know supporting the show is that like you kind of get us. There's very rarely any editing. This isn't technically scripted, but we do go off a a format. An outline. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's you know you get us unbridled, raw, yeah. pure, concentrated. There's As we crying. like to say
2: here at NerdOn, I'm oh, not wearing mask. Oh. Is that the first time it's been in a main episode in a while? So. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Who
1: cares? It had to be in this one. Yeah, it had it to had be. It had to be in this one. It had to be. Well, thank you, everybody, Thanks. for watching or listening if you're on the YouTube. Or, or both. Or both. If you're doing it at the same time. Whoa.
2: I like to do it. At the yeah, same get time. those numbers up.
1: Uh, thank like you so much. Videos. Appreciate you. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that good Five stuff. Five star. Uh, follow us on Apple Pod, whatever the Whatever Podcatcher. your chosen place that you like to ingest our media thank you <laughs> thank you and whatever their language is apple is now follow It's follow yep. us on apple um so yeah thank you so much for joining us for this episode uh check out the patreon check out our website nerdon.tv it has all of the information all of this stuff that i just i just think that's bad.
2: you consume bruce almighty
1: oh, yeah bruce almighty um All of the stuff that I say, you can get it all at our website, nerdon.tv. It has all of the information, all the links. Check it out. Do share us with your friends and family. That is how we grow. Uh, But that's it. There isn't any more. I am Robert Paulson. This is Nerd on the Podcast. You know the drill. As always, NerdOn.
0: Broadcast.